Good morning, everyone. I have a couple of uh, quick announcements for you. And would you write something uh, in the comments if you're watching this online? We would love to know who is worshiping with us. Uh, our youth and kids have awesome activities every Wednesday night. And Pastor Sam, I hear that you have the best online Bible study in the world. In the, in the world, Benny. It's amazing. So uh, also be remembering to pray for all of the students and teachers They've been virtual at most of the schools in the county uh, for the past week, but they're going back in person tomorrow. So if you know a student or a teacher, let them know you're praying for them and that you care about them tomorrow. Uh, and then this is really cool. We have these yard signs here at the church. You can stop by and pick one up. It says, thank you. We love our health care workers. Isn't that cool? And um, we ask that you give a $5 donation if you grab one, but we'd love for you to put one in your yard. Let them know. And it even has the church's name so they know the church loves them. So great stuff. And then the last announcement is today at 5 o'clock, you can join us online uh, for a virtual prayer service. We're going to be praying for the healthcare workers. We're going to also gonna be praying for those that are currently sick with COVID. And we're going to be praying and remembering to pray for the families that have lost loved ones due to COVID. So We'd ask you to join us tonight and invite your friends to join in that service as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we thank you so much that we are able to worship this morning. We pray right now that you calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to sing with us this morning hymn 715, Rejoice the Lord is King.
Will you join us in the affirmation of faith? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Good morning, and let me say how glad I am to be able to worship with you today, and I rejoice that we can stay connected, and I, I, I thank God for technology. Sometimes, uh, I don't know, I get a little aggravated with it, but sometimes I'm really, really thankful that we're able to worship together like this. So let me say hello to you, uh, say hello back to us. If you have a prayer request, at this time, if you would, you know, you can always email that to us. You can always call the church office and leave it, or you can leave it in the comment section. We are praying. We, we know uh, we've, had, we've had deaths in our church families. We, we are aware of, of the need that we have uh, for, for healing. We also are aware of the turmoil that we faced as a nation. And we are praying for all of this, and we want to pray for your needs too. We want to hear about answers to prayer. Uh, if you have an answer to prayer, we'd love to hear about that. And I want to personally thank you for, for staying with us, for being faithful, and for supporting your church. We still need your support, so be sure and remember to give, uh, to give your, your time and your talent and your, your tithes and offerings. We appreciate all of that, and we're going to pray right now. And I want to ask you to join me wherever you are right there at home or, or wherever you happen to be as you're, um, as you're listening to this and worshiping. Just pause right now and pray with me. God, how thankful we are as we remember your goodness and your mercy. We remember your loving kindness toward us, and we remember that we don't deserve it. We, we certainly, Lord, have failed to live up to your glory. We have done things that we wish we could take back that have not been according to your plan in our lives. We have left undone things that we should have done. We have uh, neglected the cry of those around us who are in need. We've been a part of the problem, Lord, when we should have been part of the solution. We have failed to pick up the banner for those who are, uh, are suffering and oppressed and for those who don't have voices uh, to speak for themselves, we fail to speak up for them. So God, we need your healing. We need your forgiveness. And we ask for that today. Lord, for all the needs that we hold in our hearts, 
for healing and for those who are grief grieving and for those who just need to be encouraged and lifted up we lift all of those up to you for those deep unspoken needs that we hold Lord that we don't even tell anyone about we trust you with them Lord because we know and we know that you love us and we know that you're able to meet all of our needs so God just be with us shed your grace upon our nation right now help our leaders Lord who are are trying Lord to lead us give them discernment and help them to have courage and and just moral backbone and Lord we ask again that you would teach us to pray the prayer that you have taught your disciples when you said our Father who art in heaven how would be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen Jesus of every thought of thee, with sweetness fills my breast. But sweeter far thy face to see, and in thy presence rest. Nor voice can see.
Thank you, JT and, and Trish and Benny. And uh, I, I will say again, I've said this before, but it, it is a blessing to get to, to be a part of the music uh, ministry of this church, to get to, to hear that. And uh, we, we have wonderful music in this church, both in our celebration service and our tradition uh, tradition service so uh, so thank you all for for being a part of that I want to say again uh, welcome I'm glad to be able to worship with you um, I know that that you want to be back here as much as I want you to be back here but I want to tell you why we're going to stay live stream only um, at least for a while we, when, when we went back to live stream only, it was in anticipation that numbers were going to go up after Christmas holidays. And uh, our numbers are, st the numbers in our community and the numbers in our surrounding areas are still high. Uh, rate of transmission is still high. Our hospitals are stressed. Um, and now is just not the time, I don't believe, for us to come back together. So we have, um, a lot of great volunteers that are helping us be able to live stream this and and to do it well so uh, I just think right now is uh, the time for us to hold the line and to to keep just doing live stream for the time being and I will let you know we will have a we will rejoice when we come back together uh, we've just got to get over this hump. We're going to get there. You know, a lot of times I feel like a kid sitting in the back seat of the car asking the parents, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Because I'm impatient too. But we're just not there yet. Um, and, and we will get there. I'm a person of great hope, and I trust that we are going to get there. We're just not there yet. So hang in there with us. Uh, tell your friends who are in need of a, a, a church family to worship with, they can worship with us. They can, they can go online on Facebook Live and Instagram or sermon.net and they can worship with us too. So invite your friends to go to small group studies and to our Bible study too. And we'll get through this, okay? All right. Mark chapter one, verses four through 11 is our scripture for today. And I invite you to read along with us it's going to be on the screen, or if you have your Bible at home, or if you just want to listen, that's fine too. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One lazy Sunday afternoon, 
a mom was home with her two little daughters and she noticed something strange. It was quiet, too quiet. And every parent of young children knows that when it's too quiet, you better go and see what the kids are up to because you, uh, you can be sure that they're up to something. So that's what she did. She went to her daughter's bedroom and looked in there and they weren't in the bedroom. So she thought, well, maybe they're in the playroom. So down the hall she goes, headed toward the playroom. And on the way down the hall, she hears a noise coming from the bathroom. And she sticks her ear to the door and she hears something like this. She hears muted voices, mumble, mumble, mumble. And then she hears flush, and then she hears laughter just coming from this. And so she opens the door and she sticks her head in. And what she sees is her two little daughters, one standing on one side of the commode and the other standing on the other side. And one had the Barbie doll by the ankles and the other had her hand on the flush handle. And they were baptizing the Barbie and they were saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son, and in the hole she goes, and then flush, right? Um, we, uh, we used to call that a swirly back in my day, by the way, and I have two things to say about the swirly. One is, don't try this at home, kids, and Pastor Andy, don't try this at home. And two is, there is a connection between a Barbie doll and a swirly and our baptism, uh, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on, uh, but for right now, I'll just say this. Our baptism kind of prepares us for life's swirlies. And so, first of all, I want us to, to remember just together what baptism is. And, you know, I'm kind of glad that we can laugh about it and, and laugh about the story of a, of a little girl baptizing her Barbie doll in the in the toilet but um, honestly when Christians get together most of the time from different denominations we're not laughing about baptism we're arguing about it if you really want to get a ruckus stirred up you get a room full of Christians from all different denominations and you bring up the subject of baptism and then sit back and just kind of watch the fur fly because for centuries that's what we've done we've argued over really three main points we've argued over um, who uh, who gets to be baptized? You know, some some churches baptize uh, believer believing adults only. Some will baptize children. Some will baptize infants, children, and adults. We argue over uh, what baptism accomplishes. Some say that baptism literally saves you. Baptism is what saves you. Some say baptism is a symbol of what God has done for you and what God is doing in you. So. Those are two, and then we baptize over, uh, we argue over how much water that you use in baptism. Some churches just use immersion only and dunk, and some use sprinkling or immersion or pouring or any or all of the three. So those are kind of usually the three sticking points. So together today, as we remember our baptism, I want us to remember um, together as Methodists what Methodists do with baptism, how we stand on these three sticking points. Um, so for United Methodists, what do we believe that baptism accomplishes? We believe two main things, and both of these are very, very important. 
One is baptism symbolizes for believing uh, adults, for believers, it symbolizes the washing away of sins. It, it celebrates that believers' acceptance of God's gift of grace and salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And it includes a public promise to yield our lives to the leading of the Holy Spirit and to walk in God's will all of our days. So we, we baptize in public. We, we, it's a part of the church. The church makes vows and we make vows. And it's all about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the first important part of what we believe baptism does. And the second part of what baptism symbolizes is the identification with and the initiation into the church family, the body of Christ, the church. Uh, so those two things are what we as Methodists say baptism accomplishes. Uh, so where do we stand as the United Methodist Church on who gets to be baptized? Um, well, we believe, first of all, believing adults who make their profession of faith, once they have accepted God's gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and through his grace, once they say, I'm willing to make that promise to yield my life to the Holy Spirit and to follow where God leads and to do that publicly, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, once we are willing to do that, then we offer that to believing adults. We also offer baptism to children. The children who come to understand that they need God's grace and God's salvation, who want to make this commitment, we also offer the waters of baptism to them. I was, uh, I've been Methodist my whole life, literally my whole life. And I was nine years old when I was baptized. Um, now, I didn't have a full understanding of God or even of what baptism was, but I knew that I needed God and I knew that I wanted to be saved. And, and as much as my little nine-year-old mind and heart could know I knew that I wanted to be a part of this church family like this and and so the waters of baptism were offered to me when I was nine so we we baptize children we baptize believing adults and we also baptize infants most of most Christians around the world go to some church that baptizes infants as well as children and adults so why in the world, and this is, this is what your neighbors may ask you if you go to the Methodist church, why in the world would you baptize a baby? A baby can't realize that they need their sins washed away. A baby, a baby can't accept God's free gift of salvation through Christ. Babies can't promise to yield their lives to the Holy Spirit's leading and to follow uh, God's leading and walk with God all of their days. We know that. We know that. But remember what we said the second part of what baptism symbolizes is, we said it was two important things. One is that individual believer's commitment to God, but the other one was the identification with and the initiation into the church family to be a part of the body of Christ. And it's that second half of what we believe baptism does is the reason why we baptize infants because we believe that that second part of baptism, the initiation to and identification with the church family applies to all God's children and that even babies 
can be identified as a part of the body of Christ. Sort of like when Jewish parents would bring their babies on the, on the eighth day to be circumcised to show that they were a part of the covenant community. The baby couldn't make that decision. The parents did. They wanted their baby to be identified with the covenant community. Sort of like that. When Christian parents or grandparents or sponsors bring their baby in front of the church family and they make that promise to, to raise that child in a Christian home and to nurture that child in the Christian faith, then that baby is accepted as part of the church family, is claimed on behalf of the church for God. And of course, we know that's not the end of the story. We know that, that children have to grow up and we know that it is always the child's responsibility for whenever he or she accepts God's gift of salvation uh, for himself or herself, it's that child's responsibility to, to publicly profess their faith in Christ and to be confirmed as a member of the church. No one does that for them. They must do that for themselves like we all must. But we believe that babies can be a part of that and that they are an important part of the church family just like children and adults are. So we offer baptism to children, infants, and adults. So now for the third thing, and this, you know, this is not controversial at all, I'm just joking, it is. How much water do we use? Um, well, I've heard all of the jokes, just like you have about Methodist and sprinkling and everything. And, um, but we in the United Methodist Church offer all three methods of baptism. We, we immerse or we sprinkle or we pour, whatever the person chooses. And why do we offer all three of those? And here is the reason. We believe that what the water symbolizes is more important than the amount of water used. That's the bottom line because we believe it's what it symbolizes. And we believe that also if the method of baptism was essential to our Christian faith and practice that the New Testament would be clear cut and say that it is. And it, it doesn't now. I have some of my friends in, in other denominations that would argue with me over that. But hey, I'm Methodist and this is what we do as Methodists. So we remember baptism today. We remember what baptism is and I want to especially think about Jesus' baptism because Jesus came, we read in Mark chapter 1, Jesus came to John the Baptist and Jesus asked to be baptized. Have you ever just stopped and, think, and, and thought, why would Jesus do that? I mean, I know why everybody else went to John the Baptist to be baptized because he was telling them to repent and to turn toward God and to join with this, this larger movement toward God. But Jesus didn't need his sins washed away. He didn't have any sins to wash away. Um, why would he do that? Well, I have a couple of ideas about that and here's what I think about it. Here's what I believe that Jesus was doing when he was baptized. I believe Jesus, first of all, was baptized because he knew his hour had come and it, the time was right. You know, Jesus knew at, at the age of 12 when he, 
he went to the temple with his his parents at the age of 12 and remember they they traveled back and then and then they had to go back to Jerusalem and they found him talking with with the elders in the in the temple and they said what are you doing why have you worried us and he said I have to be about my father's business so Jesus knew uh, what was going on in his life but from the time he was 12 till the time he was 30 those years he had been at home he had been working his trade as a carpenter he had been uh, there as being the best son that he could be the best brother that he could be to his family and he was learning and growing but when he heard that John was baptizing people and that everyone in the countryside was coming to John to the Jordan River to be baptized he knew that his hour had come he knew it was time for him to identify with this great movement toward God and it was time for him to launch his public ministry I also believe Jesus went to be baptized because he wanted to be obedient he knew it was the Father's will for him to do this. He knew it was part of God's plan. And he knew it was part of God's plan for John to be the one to do this. In Matthew chapter 3, when we read that, that version, that telling of the story of Jesus' baptism, Jesus comes to John to be baptized, and John says, which I don't blame him, he says, hey, why do you want me to baptize you? It should be the other way around. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus answered him this way. He said, allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, this is God's plan for me. And this is God's plan for you. And that's why we're going to do it this way. Um, and then I think Jesus was baptized because he wanted to lead the way for us to follow. Uh, we are claiming as as Christians as disciples of Jesus that we want to follow in Jesus's footsteps you may not be at that point right now you may be just kind of seeking and, and you I'm not sure about this thing I'm not sure about being Christianity and being a follower of Jesus but if we claim to follow Jesus we want to follow where Jesus has already led and baptism is one of those things it's one of those uh, steps on the path we follow Jesus in and finally I think Jesus was baptized because he was about to launch his ministry and this was a special way for him to be equipped for his ministry because when we read when the Jesus was baptized the heavens opened up it literally says they were torn open for for 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament there had been no word from God at all and then when Jesus was born the word became flesh and dwelt among us and now Jesus is about to go and start his public ministry and the heavens are open again and the word of God is going to go forth again and we hear first the voice of God from heaven saying this is my this is my son this is my son the beloved in him I am well pleased and then it says the Holy Spirit like a dove descended upon Jesus so Jesus was identifying himself with the movement toward God and he was receiving affirmation we all need that we all need to know that we are God's beloved and he received the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in order to go out and do what he had to do and we all need that too
We don't, we don't just need the, the water, but we need the affirmation and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit and the identification with the family of God and the movement toward God. We need that. So what happened after Jesus was baptized? Uh, remember I said I would get back to the Barbie doll story and the swirly? It says immediately after Jesus was baptized, he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So it was like uh, in the Holy Ghost, right? Uh, and I think as we remember our baptism today, not just thinking about Jesus's baptism, we remember how we are identifying ourselves with the movement toward God we remember that we are God's beloved. We are affirmed and accepted and loved by God. And we remember that we have the power and presence of the Holy Spirit because honestly, sometimes it feels like life has grabbed us by the ankles and has stuck our head down the toilet for a swirly. Listen, I know it's been a tough week. It's been a tough week for us as a nation on the heels of a very tough year. And it feels, I want to say it feels like our whole nation has been given a swirly. Um, that I'm not trying to say that to be funny. I, I just say it just feels like that's the way it's been. So what is, what is God's word for us today? Um, what is... Uh, the word of God is, is not just for what happened with John the Baptist and Jesus 2,000 years ago. It's about what is going on with us right now. Uh, and and I've, I've talked with several people and they were like, okay, well, what, what's God's word for us today, Pastor Sam? What are you going to say in the, in the midst of the turmoil that we face right now as, as a nation and as Christians? And here is God's word for us today. It's the same word, by the way, that John the Baptist had when Jesus came to be baptized. And the word is this, repent. Turn away from a path of destruction. Turn away from a, a path of oppression and injustice and turn away from, from a path of evil and turn toward the movement of God. It's the same sermon that Jesus preached when he went out and started preaching. It's repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. And I would say the message for us is not to tell someone else to repent, not to tell our politicians to repent, not to tell some other group to, to repent. It's to look in the mirror and say, Sam, repent. If you're going down a path that you don't need to be going down, you need to get on the path and follow the movement of God. I think it starts with us looking at the person in the mirror. I think it begins in the house of God. Repentance begins in the house of God. Revival begins in the house of God. Second Chronicles 7:14 says, "If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and will seek my face and will turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal, heal, hear from heaven and heal their land. It starts with us. If the church is the church, if the church is following after the kingdom of God, then we won't have a problem 
with white supremacy. We won't have a problem with racism. We won't have a problem with, uh, with immorality. We, we will know that we can expect good behavior from uh, our elected officials because we will, we will be running for office ourselves, right? We will know that we can support our law enforcement and our first responders because, because we're gonna love them and support them and we're going to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. We will, we will follow after the kingdom of God. That's, that's the message. Remember your baptism. Remember what you promised when you received that water of baptism. You promised to follow where Jesus led. You promised to repent of your sins. You promised to resist injustice in whatever form uh, it presented itself. You promised. So God's people need to do what they promised. That's what remember your baptism is all about. That's how it's relevant. That's how important it is. Did you know that um, baptism, the baptism of Jesus, gets more coverage in the Bible than the birth of Jesus? Um, only two books in the Bible have the Christmas story, only Matthew and Luke, but six books in the Bible talk about Jesus being baptized. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans. Is that important? Martin Luther once said, there is on earth no greater comfort than baptism. And what he meant by that was when life is hard, and it was hard in Martin Luther's day, it, it's hard in our day, but Martin Luther struggled not just with the chaos in the church around him, he struggled on his own. He struggled with depression and anxiety and and just these personal inner struggles. And whenever he was at his lowest point, do you know what he would say out loud to himself? He would look in the mirror and he would say, I am baptized. I am baptized. And it was like he was saying, no matter what life throws at me, I belong to God. And God's family, I'm a part of that. I don't know about you, but... I think we need that reassurance today. I think we're going to need it in the days to come because it may get tougher before it starts getting easier. I think we need to remember our baptism. We need to remember church. If you have never received the sacrament of baptism, I would love to talk with you. Pastor Andy would love to talk with you more about that about what that is, about what that gift of God. Baptism is a gift of God. It's a sacrament. It's a, an outward sign of an inward work of God. It's God's reminder to you and to me that we are God's gift to the world. It is, it is something that connects us to the chain of believers that stretches all the way back to Jesus who went down to the Jordan River and was baptized by John no matter what no matter what life throws at us we belong to God that's what baptism says so our challenge is to live like it we're God's 
children. Let's live like it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for leading the way for us in every different way that you could. You are the author of our faith and you are the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And you led the way, Lord. You led the way through the waters of baptism. And the promise of the Holy Spirit um, is real. And the connection that we feel with the family of God is real, is powerful. And we need it so much. We need to remember it, Lord. Thanks for the reminder. We need your power and your presence, Lord. Thank you for giving it. And we need, Lord, to be the family of God because the kingdom of God, Lord, is our number one priority. We offer these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I want to ask you to to stick around and, and sing a closing hymn with us. And this is... This is one of my, my favorites. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful hymn, and it reminds me of, of what baptism is. It reminds me of baptism's claim on our lives. It's a hymn uh, called, O Love That Wilt Not Let Me Go. Sing it with us.
Now, as we receive the benediction, I want to just uh, give you one reminder. And at 5 o'clock tonight, we're going to have our virtual uh, prayer service for healing and for our healthcare workers. So call somebody that you know who needs to be a part of this service. If you know somebody that's sick that needs to have a, uh, have a prayer service for them, call your friends who work in the healthcare field and, and tell them we're praying for them and tell them to join in at 5 o'clock tonight for our, our virtual prayer service. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all now and forever. Amen. Amen.